We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This morning, welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday for the second time. I know we had audio issues before, so uh, so this is if, if you didn't find if the chat people didn't find me, we had to we had to create a new stream, and hopefully this will go as long as we can. I mean, uh, I, we had audio issues before. Maybe maybe they'll pop up again. But uh, we'll we'll go as I'll go as long as we can. I can't I can't tell if there's echo or I sound like a robot or something like that. Something's going on with Streamyard. I have no idea. So just let me know and let me know in the YouTube chat. Give me those thumbs ups if you're here. Uh, we'll be going over the the MMA slate, the UFC 280 slate for tomorrow. Remember it's early. Okay, don't don't wake up late. It's a 10:30 a.m. start time. Okay, so if you think it's at like six o'clock Eastern, it'll be over by then. Okay, so don't put in your lineups and be like, okay, I can wait until the end. No, remember it's early because it's in uh, it's in the Middle East. 
So the, the pay-per-view itself starts at like, what, one, two, something like that. But the preliminary card starts at uh, 10.30 a.m. And it was going to be 10 a.m., but the two fights were canceled. Uh, the the Mustafiev-Nishikawa fight was canceled like two days ago. Because for some reason, like Nishikawa is like contracted to some other promotion. And he can't even fight in this. He can't fight in the UFC. For I don't know how they booked that. I don't know how that happens. Uh, and then last night uh, at the weigh-ins, uh, that... That uh, Tukagov and Almeida, that was that was canceled. Uh, they couldn't make weight. Someone couldn't make weight. Something. They didn't even bother getting to the scales. And then also we have a Chico, uh, Caitlin Chukagian uh, came in uh, one and a half pounds over. I'm assuming that fight's going to still be on. I haven't, I haven't seen anything. You know, she'll just forfeit some part of her purse. And uh, now it's so now it's a 12 fight, 12 fight card. And uh, that first fight, the uh, Mustafia fight. Getting scrapped, I mean, yes, it, it removes two fighters that you could use in less duplicated lineups, but it was like the 9,400, 6,800 fight or whatever. Like, okay, that, that didn't change necessarily a lot of constructions. If, if you were going to play Mastive, you could have played Jan, you could have played Rosa, Petrosian, you could you could have played other 9K fighters. But this $8,300, $7,900 fight uh, between uh, Tukagov and, uh, and Almeida, like that, that's a much bigger deal because we have these main event, these call whatever, the two five round fights, the championship fights are both closer fights. And that's why they're mid range priced. So Sterling's 8,500, Dillashaw's 7,700, Makachev's 8,400, Oliveira's 7,800. Uh, it's hard to not build lineups without someone from one of these two fights. I mean, they're right in the mid range. Like you can go barbell at that, that it's an option. But also with these five round fights, like the likelihood on, especially on a 12 fight card now, the likelihood of at least one of the winners of these two fights not being in the optimal is, is quite low. Okay. So I know, I know I'm the big person that, oh, I like fading the over owned five round fights, but we got two of them. We got two of them. You got to, you got to, you got to dodge both of them and they're both mid price. So it's not like, Oh, well, if Makachev only puts up 100 points, it's like he's 8,400. 100 may, be, 100 may be fine at 8,400. It's not like he's 9,400, right? Makayev is more of the $9,600 fighter that's minus 1,200 to win, right? Most most likely he, he destroys Malcolm Gordon. But like if he only puts up 110, it's possible that he's not in the optimal. But these main event fighters, like if they put up 110, like they're, they're 8,400, 8,500, it's hard not to. So this is not one of these slates, especially with them now only being 12 fights and we're losing another mid-range fight that we could target instead of these main events, these these five rounders. Like I'm 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 not playing any lineup that doesn't have at least one. Right? I'm typically someone that likes fading the over-owned five-round fights, but with two of them, I can't see. I I will have at least one. Maybe I won't make as many with two. Right? You don't play Makachev and Dillashaw. That's going to be the popular combination. But even if you play Sterling plus Oliveira, I mean, we still have Sterling at 40% owned and Oliveira at 30% owned. But it's hard not to have these fighters in your lineups because how, how do you build lineups otherwise? Unless you're unless you're going way up and way down, which you can do. But I think the likelihood of like one of these main event winners is going to be optimal. Like one of them. Maybe not both, but one of them. Uh, I think... The Makayev, like if you build Makayev 
Makachev, Dillashaw, like this may be the combo to like maybe avoid. Right, because this is going to be the most popular combo. The $9,600 million, you know, whatever, minus 1,200 favorite. The enormously high ceiling. He's a wrestler. So even in a decision, he could score like 130 points. Then the main event favorite and the co-main underdog with Dillashaw. The ability of 8,100 left in salary. And like, where do you go? I mean, yeah, there are combinations. We could we could try building. Let's see. We're going to build 300 like this. There's probably, there's probably plenty of combinations, but how many? Especially for large field. While not playing, uh, not, not stacking fights. If there's any fight that if out of the two five rounders to stack, I would, I mean, Sterling Dillashaw, if anything, but I still GPPs let, let stacking is over owned. And do you want a loss in your lineup? It's rare that a stack is, is, is the optimum. It happens. I'm not admitting that it doesn't happen, but it, it happens way less frequently than people will roster it. You will see plenty of people stacking one of these five round fights. And in cash, okay, that makes sense in cash games. But in GPPs, yeah, there's plenty of, yeah, there's a lot of combinations. 300, especially if you leave money on the table. Right? You get a lot of, you get a lot of O'Malley, Landsberg. Yeah, you have to pay all the way down at some point. I think the fight that's going to be the most over-owned based on its ceiling is the Jan O'Malley fight. Because people are not used to seeing Sean O'Malley at 6,900. Because typically O'Malley is is a big favorite. Right? Typically he's 8,800, 8,900, 9,000. Peter Yan is normally, you know, somewhat, normally a favorite in a fight. But people are going to look and go, wow, I get to pay 6,900 for Sean O'Malley? Yeah, but he's a minus whatever the hell. I mean, what is he? He's a minus, he's a plus 225 underdog with a plus 500 inside the distance probability. He is where he's supposed to be. He should be in that range. Peter Yan also, you know, plus 250 inside the distance. I think for like cash games, you know, playing O'Malley, you know, it goes the distance, gets some striking, maybe probably loses. But at least his floor is high. I get it. But at 26% ownership, do you see O'Malley knocking out Yan? I mean, yeah, obviously it could happen. Plus 500, right? When we have a 17%. Implied probability. But I think for, for the ownership, I think way over-owned. I have O'Malley over-owned. I have Jan both over-owned. They're name value. You go, Jan O'Malley, I got to roster one of those guys. It's like, most likely this ends in a decision. Most likely this, this ends in a split decision or 29-28 unanimous type of thing. And if you play Jan at 9,300, how does he get there without wrestling? There's no, there's no guarantee that Peter Jan even... even goes to any type of grappling, which probably would be good against O'Malley, but does he even need to? Jan really isn't a a prolific grappler. He does trips and stuff, but he ain't doing double legs. He he, he really isn't doing that type of stuff. So I think the Jan O'Malley fight, I have it in the expert survey. For the premium people, right, if you're a premium member, click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month of a combo premium package. The expert survey, I I have, this is the fight to avoid. Right, because of ownership, they, the the obvious fight to avoid is uh, is is uh, what uh, Fioro and Chikagian, because uh, Caitlin Chikagian fights are always pretty low ceiling, or typically typically low ceiling. 
but the ownership is with it. I mean, Shikajian, we I, I have it like what nine percent owned, and Fioro at eighteen percent owned. Like at that ownership, I'll take a shot. But Peter, but if I have Peter Yan at twenty four and O'Malley at twenty five, I have about forty five percent of ownership to that fight. I think that's way over owned, and it's primarily name value. If you take a look at my my little spreadsheet here. Of course, I fill it in with, you know, around the industry projections and ownership, right? I change around some numbers, right? This is just preliminary today. The fights that I have over-owned, Jan O'Malley. What's another over-owned fight? Quite, uh, I have Kyle Baraglio, a little bit over-owned. I have the Gamrot, no, the Gamrot-Darius fight I have over-owned. And that's another name value fight. Like you can go, oh, Mateus Gamrod against Benil Darius. These are the names that I know. That fight, Gamrod Darius would headline, would main event an Apex card. But as far as these inside the distance lines, it's 244 plus 244 inside the distance for Gamrod. Plus 450 for Darius. Is there going to be a finish in this fight? I don't know. They kind of cancel each other out to some extent. Probably Gamrot wins, but I think the name value of Darius is going to inflate his ownership a bit. And same for Gamrot. I think that fight is overowned for its ceiling. I think I said in the escrow survey, I think there's only, I think there's a max of four finishes on the entire slate. A max. I think it's going to be four or less finishes out of 12, out of 12 now. And you're going to need all four of them. So whatever four, four finishes there are, you're going to need them. So that's why you're prioritizing. Fights that could get to a finish. I think the most under-owned fight for that purpose is Armin Petrosian versus AJ Dobson. Petrosian plus 105 inside the distance. Dobson is plus 260 inside the distance. And Dobson is 7,100. So I have him as the highest leverage underdog on the slate. I have him projected for 21% ownership as of right now. I Petrosian at like 27 I'm going to have a lot of that fight. But understand that that fight, that's a five-minute fight. Okay, understand for for the, maybe not for Dobson, but for Petrosian, like these aren't wrestlers. This is this is going to be a fist fight. This is going to be a striking striking matchup. So it's like Petrosian's pretty much got five minutes to get a knockout or he's not going to score 100 points. Does Dobson need to score 100 points at 7,100? No. So a second round finish, third round finish, Dobson's more likely to be optimal than Petrosian at 9,100. So I will have my my two biggest, the underdogs I will have the most of are Dobson at 7,100. Muradoff, because I have Baraglio is a little bit over-owned. Muradoff at 7,200. But Muradoff is in a very similar situation. He's got like five minutes. And also, like, Caio Baraglio is most likely going to try to take him down. And if he has any success with that, like, it just, it, it'll bleed you know, ceiling away from Murdoff. So Murdoff basically has to has to has to knock him out or or get on top before Baraglio. Baraglio pretty much like he gets you to the ground and kind of like try. He doesn't do enough ground and pound. That's why I think his ceiling is much lower. He goes for submissions more so than you know try to score points. Then the other the third guy that I have is Godzi Ormagardzia. He's plus 415 inside the distance, but he has wrestling upside against uh, Abubakar Numagomedov, who I I don't necessarily think is the greatest of fighters. 
So I'll be mixing those guys in more so than than the O'Malley's and the Dariushes. Even the Ozdemir, I think people go to Ozdemir plus 255, which is fine. But that's a fight to target also. Like the, the To me, if you're looking for finishes, the fights to target would be Mikhaev, not Gordon, but Mikhaev, Petrosian, Dobson, Krylov, Ozdemir, and Makachev and Makachev Oliveira. There's less likely, like Sterling Dillashaw, there's less likely to be a finish. But it doesn't mean that the, in a decision, these guys don't score well, right? Because you have five rounds of fighting. But I think the loser of the Islam Makachev Oliveira fight doesn't score that well. Because I think I think this fight is over within within three rounds, if not within one or two. Someone, someone either Oliveira gets a submission or knocks out Islam. Or Makachev gets on top and just destroys Oliveira. It's going to be one of, one of the two. And these other fights, less of a priority. I'm always going to, I'm always, I'm going to play a bunch of Cara Rosa because I'm a glutton for punishment. Typically the overpriced female favorite, minus 330, second biggest favorite on the slate, goes under-owned. And I have, I have her as under-owned. But what's her ceiling in a decision? I'm not sure. But there's no reason why she, sh- I mean, her, her betting lines look very similar to Peter Yan. And more people are going to play Peter Yan. So I'm going to play some Carol Rosa. But there's not that many combinations here. The thing is, is that you're going to have to play a main event fight. You're going to have to play a five-rounder. It's almost impossible to avoid them. Unless you're going to build, like, Makayev plus Petrosian plus Fioro and then play O'Malley and, and Muradov and Darius. You know, some type of lineup like that. You can. But it's just at the five round fights at these prices, it, it's it's hard. It's it's hard for both of them to fail. It's hard. We got people in the chat. Give me those thummy thumbs. It'll be a short show today, right? We got some audio issues. Just wanted to go through the the MMA slate. Giving you free people. We have the ground the grounded pound, which where the audio issues started. I mean, uh, we we've gone fifteen minutes and uh, no problems. So it seems pretty good. We had problems last night, and I thought they would be fixed by this morning. But uh, so they break down. I, I still haven't listened to it. So uh, Mike and Liam, they go over that for for the for the premium people. Well, obviously, we have all the projections and ownership and everything for you back there. Uh, so sign up, sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. You get NFL, Gombo, Combo Premium. You get NFL, NBA. Look how many sports are going on: PGA, MMA, soccer. Get all of it for one price. You get the access to the Discord with all the all the sports channels. They're, they're always active. My own channel in there, Blender's Game Theory. You can ask me anything you want at any time. It's fine. Uh, anything in the YouTube chat. Point F asks, uh, good morning. Lifetime profitable player. Advice on bankroll management to be aggressive to try to grow bankroll to play bigger, but still have low risk of ruin. Currently playing 5% on NFL main, 2% on early, you know, well, it's hard to tell without, you know, that's, that's up to you. It's up to your edge. In general, put more money where you have the biggest edge, put less money where you have less edge. It's very simple. How much, how much you, you, you have bankroll wise per slate. You could do some type of Kelly formula, but Kelly, Kelly, Kelly's not very good for DFS because Kelly assumes that you could 
distinctly, accurately define your edge. You're going to be way too aggressive if you're like, oh, yeah, well, I I think I have a 5.6% edge based on, you know, whatever sample size you have. Whatever sample size you have is not enough. It's not, these aren't fixed probabilities. And also, slates are different. Maybe your strengths are geared for larger slates versus smaller slates, for larger fields versus smaller fields, for head-to-heads versus triple-ups versus, I mean, there's no such thing as a correct bankroll management. There's, there's There's literally no such thing. It will depend on every, it will depend on yourself alone. When people ask me, what do you do? It's, it doesn't matter what I do. Do you, how much do you play in soccer cash games? How much percent of your bankroll should you play in, in, in EPL soccer cash games? Well, you shouldn't play what I do. I'll play, I, I post 215 head-to-heads and I, I don't mind taking it from anyone other than Saramek and Pew 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 and Redcoat and say, the, the, the regular Sharps. And and any rando, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be a good 60, 65%, 65-35 against some rando in soccer. You're not, right? So I don't mind devoting more of my bankroll to, to EPL soccer DFS. NHL, I don't even play NHL. How much would I would I bother of my bankroll on NHL? Right? So it all depends on your own edge and then your own risk tolerance. MMA. I play I play much higher than I do in other sports. Not NFL. So I believe I have more of an edge in MMA than I do in NBA. Depending on the field size, depending on I mean it depends on what it is. And it also depends on the slate. On certain slates, I think I have more of an edge than on other slates. I think on a slate like tomorrow for UFC, I have a bigger edge. Yet the, that last week, I thought I barely have an edge. I like slates where the, more of the fights are even. I like larger cards. Now, obviously, this started as a 14-fight card, right? So a 14-fight card where most of the fights are within two to one, I like the most because... You could leave a thousand on salary and still keep a very decent win probability. And then you have multiple combinations that you could make that are going to be less duplicated. On on cards where like half the fighters are three to one, four to one favorites. Like you underdogs winning is good for sharps, typically in MMA. Because typically most people play 50K style lineups, 49-9 lineups. And they'll play 49-9, 49-8, 550K lineups that don't contain a very low-owned fighter. So you get you you, you get a lot of lot, lot of lot of duplication in in those in those slates, unless you're willing to build differently. And when you're able to build differently and still maintain good enough win probability, those are the best slates. But on the slates where like everyone's a four to one favorite, it's like how do I leave two thousand on the table? The likelihood is that like mo- no underdog will win, right? Like one underdog will win. And that lineup will be duped 64 times. So do I want, how much money do I want to put down on that type of slate? Versus a slate where there are easily plenty of 49-3 lineups that have as much or close to as much win equity as a 49-7 lineup that is duplicated four or five times more. So that's why I like tomorrow's slate. 
But still, these inside the distance lines make, I mean, this is, I don't think there's going to be more than four finishes tomorrow. I think I, th- I think it'll be a low scoring slate in general. The winning score may still be like 650, 660 or something like that. But I think in general, we'll see a lot more decisions. And whatever finishes there are, you're going to pretty much need them. And it could be any, I mean, it could be the, it could be Manon Fioro. Could be. 22% inside the distance. It could happen. She's going to be less than 22% owned. I'll take a shot. Right? I'm playing a bunch of lines. I'm playing 75 lineups in large field, six lineups in single entry three max. But like I said, to, to, to review from before, it's going to be very hard for you to, to build a good lineup without at least one five-round fighter in it because of the pricing. If both fights were the $9,200, $9,300 range, you know, favorites, they could win and then not score enough that some other 9K fighter beats them. That's the dynamic for those types of five-round main events. But when it's a close fight in the middle, it's like they don't need, they don't even need to score that high. And they're getting five rounds. So Aljamain Sterling, in a five-round decision with four takedowns and control time and ground and pound and something like that, he could, he could easily score 100 points in five rounds. You go, oh, what's 100 points? Well, they had 9,300. 100 points may not be good enough for the optimal. But at 8,500, much, much more likely. So that that's what I'd be doing, playing at least one of the two five-round fights. I'm more likely to just play one. I will have more lineups with just one. So if I have Makachev in, I don't have, you know, I don't have the Sterling-Dillashaw fight in that lineup. Leaving some money on the table. Doesn't mean you have to leave 2000 although you could. I'll probably be, I'll probably still have plenty of Makayev at 9,600. More likely to have Makayev, one of the, the main event fighters, the two five-round fighters, and then leaving 300 on the table or something like that. Like I said before, I think the Yano Mali fight is over-owned because of name value. And I think the Gamrot Darius fight is very similar. And if we're looking for finishes, the fights to target, other than Mikhaev, obviously, are Petrosian, Dobson, Kyle Baraglio, Muradov, although I prefer the Muradov side based on how Baraglio fights. I think Baraglio has a great floor, but I'm not, I'm not convinced in, that that. Unless he gets a submission that he's not going to score that as well as it seems like he should in a decision. The Krylov owes the beer fight. I mean, you could just look at the ITD lines. I'm not saying anything that isn't. Just take a look and just add them up. Right, Add up the two ITD lines of two fighters and whichever one's the lowest, those are the fights to target. And then Makachev Oliveira. Right? Makachev is, uh, is a 100. Oliveira is plus 195. I think Mac, I think Islam Makachev has a much higher ceiling than Oliveira, which is sad because Charles Oliveira is, is is probably my favorite fighter in UFC. So I'll I will be rooting, right? If if it'll be the main event, and as long as I don't have a shot at like winning first in anything, I'll be rooting for Dubronx. I'll be rooting for Charles Oliveira. 
And he's always an underdog. He's always an underdog. It's it's, it's Oliveira at plus money is like that's common, very common. But to me, this is the fight of the year, right? Islam versus Oliveira. So looking forward to. It. I'm looking forward to this card, even if I wasn't playing DFS. That's how much uh, I've been watching UFC. At least the two fights that we got rid of weren't like like they were fine. I mean, I would have liked to see. Uh, Tukagov versus uh, Almeida. That would have been fine. Mustafiev, I don't know when the last time he's fought. I think his his fights have been canceled like three different times. But we got 12 fights tomorrow. We got 12 fights. Remember, 10.30 in the morning Eastern. That's when, that's when Locke is. So get up early. Get up early. Just like you get up early for this show. We got tons of stuff going on later today on the channel. We got NFL shows. I got the, the premium game theory show with Tuttle, right? That'll be posted for premium members only. So sign up for Combo Premium. Sign up for the NFL package. You'll get that behind the paywall. Got NBA Grinders live later today. Crunch time. Remember, crunch time now is free. It used to be a premium show. Now it's free. It's with Andy Means, with Roth, with, uh, with uh, whoever. Whoever's on also for tournament tournament takes. Crunch time going. We start Grinders Live at like 5 Eastern. Then that bleeds right into 6.30 crunch time. And by the time 7 o'clock lock happens, 18 things of news have happened. Right? This guy's sitting. That guy's a kawaii. Comes off the bench. And who knows if he's going to play? Who knows? Who knows if Kawhi Leonard's going to even play today? We, we didn't know yesterday. We didn't know. Just sitting there. Welcome to NBA season. That's what NBA is. But we'll, t- we'll be talking a lot more about NBA, especially midweek, right? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, while, while NFL is not going on as much, right? We got showdown and stuff. So uh, so tune into that. We, we, we got we got all the stuff. We got the Blitz show for premium members. We got tournament takes. We got uh, the, the, the solo ship show for NFL. We got all the NBA premium content. We got so much stuff here. So sign up for Combo Premium. You get the MMA stuff. You get, the, you get everything. Why it's one-stop shop for all your needs at DFS and sports betting as well. I mean, you, you got to use the statistical projections, right? That's what I'll be doing, right? I'll be on prize picks looking at the NBA stuff for tonight, right? Oh, we got, oh, got more pri- Okay, I got to go through this, right? We got the statistical projections. If you're a premium member, you know what else you get? You get the browser extension. So if like NBA, it'll, it'll just put this, our statistical projections on the prize picks so you can compare and you can go oh this is too high this is too low right we could look through we could find some maybe maybe we could find some today mason plumley do we play mason plumley oh look at this demar Derozan, 27.5 points we have him at 34.84 looks like i'll be playing a bunch of demar Derozan over on 27 and a half points looks like that you'll get that you can get this you can get this if you're a premium member. So sign up today. Sign up. Then what are you waiting for? Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door, and I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back on Monday. We had no audio issues. We went uh, half an hour, no audio issues. Hopefully, hopefully that's that's all in the past. It's all in the past. And I'll be. I'll see you in the future, answering your DFS strategy questions like I like I typically do without audio problems. Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern. On the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>